Welcome to the Glenwood Table Podcast, where we are reimagining Christian faith for the 21st century. I'm your host, Lance Hurst, and you can refer to me with they, them, or he, him pronouns. Each Tuesday, we'll be reading selections from the Bible based on the lectionary. For those of you who may not be familiar with the lectionary, this is a schedule of readings that many churches follow every Sunday. Each week, there are four readings, both from the Hebrew Bible or the Jewish scriptures, which are commonly referred to as the Old Testament in many churches, as well as readings from the Christian New Testament. As you hear these texts read, we invite you to slow down and take a minute to notice how you feel. What themes do you hear emerging in these texts? What questions come up for you? Remember, these are ancient stories. They're complex, they're layered with meaning. So it's not about having all the right answers, but it's about engaging, slowing down, and noticing. Hi, everyone. This is Reverend Emmy Arnold. Today, I'll be reading for you the passages for the 19th Sunday after Pentecost. The version I'm reading from is the New Revised Standard Version. Some of the passages are meant to be read as a unit because the creators of the lectionary saw them as connected, so there will be short transition music in between these sections so that you can hear them as units. The passages for the week are the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 1, and chapters 2, verses 1 through 10, and Psalm 26, the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verses 18 through 24, and Psalm 8, the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and chapter 2, verses 5 through 12, and the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 2 through 16. Listen now for a word from God. Before we get into reading the book of Job, which is notoriously difficult to understand because it really can make us question goodness of God and why things happen the way they happen, I wanted to make a note on one of the names that's used in chapters one and two. We see a conversation between God and a figure named the Satan, which means the adversary. And so... Oftentimes, this is translated as Satan, which is a Christian reading of the Old Testament. There was no position quite like what Christians typically understand as the devil. More of someone who's on the earth, eyes and ears to the ground, working on God's divine counsel. The Satan doesn't just accuse Job. The Satan also accuses God. In saying, Job's faithfulness isn't genuine, and God is only worthy of being followed insofar as God blesses people. So instead of a cosmic enemy of God or of humankind, here the Satan is sort of seen as someone who's keeping people in check and keeping eyes and sort of being an investigator. And so I know that this is a really different reading from how we have been taught oftentimes in our churches, to understand the book of Job. Instead of reading the word Satan in the different verses where it says it, I will say the accuser instead so that you can hear it 
with that deeper understanding of what it means in Hebrew and what it meant to the original readers rather than Christian readers who have a deeper sense of cosmic adversaries from the writings of Paul and with letters like Revelation. With all of that said, may you hear this reading anew. The book of Job, chapter 1, verse 1, and chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. There was once a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. That man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. One day the heavenly beings came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser also came among them to present himself before the Lord. The Lord said to the accuser, Where have you come from? The accuser answered the Lord, from going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on it. The Lord said to the accuser, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. He still persists in his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him for no reason. Then the accuser answered the Lord, Skin for skin, all that people have, they will give to save their lives. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and flesh, and he will curse you to your face. The Lord said to the accuser, Very well, he is in your power. Only spare his life. So the accuser went out from the presence of the Lord and inflicted loathsome sores on Job from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. Job took a potsherd with which to scrape himself and sat among the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still persist in your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as any foolish woman would speak. Shall we receive the good at the hand of God and not receive the bad? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Psalm 26 Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and mind. For your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in faithfulness to you. I do not sit with the worthless, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the company of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O Lord, singing aloud a song of thanksgiving and telling all your wondrous deeds. O Lord, I love the house in which you dwell and the place where your glory abides. Do not sweep me away with sinners, nor my life with the bloodthirsty, those in whose hands are evil devices and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me, I walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground. In the great congregation, I will bless the Lord.
The book of Genesis, chapter 2, verses 18 through 24. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man, there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. Psalm 8 O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth! You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them? Mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, How majestic is your name in all the earth. The Letter to the Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and chapter 2, verses 5 through 12. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son who he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Now God did not subject the coming world, about which we are speaking, to angels. But someone has testified somewhere, What are human beings that you are mindful of them, or mortals 
that you care for them. You have made them a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned them with glory and honor, subjecting all things under their feet. Now in subjecting all things to them, God left nothing outside their control. As it is, we do not yet see everything in subjection to them, but we do see Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. It was fitting that God, for whom and through him all things exist, in bringing many children to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. For this reason, Jesus is not ashamed to call them siblings, saying, I will proclaim your name to my siblings. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 2 through 16. Some Pharisees came, and to test him they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. He said, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms laid his hands on them, and blessed them. This has been a reading of the word of God for you, the beloved people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of Lectionary in a Human Voice. We pray that this was a meaningful time for slowing down and hearing these ancient sacred texts read to you. 
Just a reminder, if you would like to connect with us on social media, we can be found on Facebook and Instagram as Glenwood Table. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we invite you to subscribe and or to leave a review. We'll be releasing more content each week, both in this series, The Lectionary in a Human Voice, as well as new interviews with a variety of folks who are engaging faith in the most authentic way that they know how. So until next time, remember that you are loved and you are enough. Peace, friends.